And this week's parsha discusses the brachas and the kolalis that Hashem gives the Yidin. And uh, in the beginning of the parsha, in Pasuk Tess, it tells us, which means that Hashem, during the blessings, He tells them, I will turn to you, and I will uh, multiply you, and I will make you great in stature. So Rashi tells us, what does it mean that Hashem will turn to you? So Rashi tells us, I will turn away from all my other affairs to pay your reward. And and this is a comparable, uh, what is this comparable to? To king who hires workers, etc. As it said in Teres Kainim, the mashal that's brought in Teres Kainim is of a king that the workers, many workers come to get their pay. And there's one worker in particular that worked a large amount of time. So the king first pays the other workers who worked only for a small amount of time. He pays them quickly. And then he turns to the one worker that worked uh, for a large period of time. He says, now, he says, now that I finished with all my other affairs, I can focus solely on you to reckon how much you need to get paid. So similarly in the mashal, Hashem says that in the future, I, I will first turn I'll take care of all the reward that needs to be uh, taken care of for the other nations of the world, and then I'm going to focus on you to give you your reward. That's the mashal. So what we're going to do in this particular shir is we're going to discuss this Rashi, and we're also going to discuss three other Rashis which are seem very similar to this Rashi, where it's also talking about this idea of Hashem turning. Because Rashi talks about this concept of Hashem turning either for good or for bad four times in the Torah. We're going to look at all of them to understand really what this concept means. So first of all, let's look at this Rashi and compare it to the other ones we're going to be quoting. So this Rashi gives us, tells us what the idea of Phenisi means. It means turning away from his other duties and focusing on giving schar and gives a mashal for it. The other places where this is mentioned is also it's mentioned Parshas Achere Mois. Achere Mois, this is in Perk Yudzayim, Pasuk Yud. And over there it's talking about the idea of Korbanis. And Hashem's telling the Jewish people that they need to bring the Korbanis specifically in the Mikdash. And they're not allowed to have Shchutei Chutz, they're not allowed to bring the Korbanis outside of this Mikdash. And when the Yidim bring the Korbanis properly, this brings a Reich Nechayach Hashem. And the Pasuk there continues and tells us that regarding the blood, that you're not allowed to eat the blood. And if one does eat the blood, it says, I will, I will focus my attention. So Rashi says, what does it mean? I'm going to focus my attention to punish this individual who eats the blood. So Rashi tells us, Panaishali, my attention. So he translates the word Panai as my attention. I'm going to turn away from all my affairs and I will deal with this person. So what's interesting in this other Rashi, Parshish Akhre, he's also trying to explain what the Indian of turning means, um, but he doesn't give a mushal over there. He just tells you what it means. Similarly, in Parshas Kodeshim, Perachah Pasagimel, over there it's talking about the idea of a Vodizar called Melech, that, um, and it tells us that a person that serves the, this Vodizar called Melech, Hashem also will, will, will panai. I will set my attention on this person. So Rashi says, with actually exactly the same Lashon that he did in Parsha Zachary Mois, which that isn't so common, that he uses exactly the same words. But he says, Panaishali, my attention. I'll turn aside from my affairs and occupy uh, myself with him. So the question is, 
the first two time Rashi's mentioned is this idea of turning. He doesn't bother giving a mashal, and, and probably the reasoning is because it's clear what it means. When you're saying that you're turning away from your affairs and you're focusing on this one thing, it means that he's putting all of his attention on either giving a reward or giving a punishment. You don't need to have a muscle of a king that says, I'm first going to take care of all my other workers, and then I'm going to focus all of my attention on you. We, we know what it means to turn away from everything else and focus on one task or focus on one person. No muscle is needed. And that's why Papashtis, there's no muscle in Papashtis, Akra and Kedeshim. So why does Rashi feel over here that he does need to give a muscle? And if he is giving a muscle, of course, we need to understand what exactly is this muscle coming to add? What's missing in, in the actual interpretation of turning? What would we understand about it that we need to have this muscle and this muscle is trying to, you know, take care of some type of issue? What's going on over here that specifically over here needs a muscle? And, and the truth is, the source of Rashi is the Torah's Kayin. And the Torah's Kayin does the same thing. In Parshas Achrei and Kodeshim, he also just ext- translates words. He says that I'm going to turn from my affairs and focus on you. And in Parshas Achrei, Mois, and Kedeshim, the Torah's claim does not either give a mashal. It's specifically over here in Parshas Uchukaisai that the, um, that the Torah's claim gives the mashal. So the same question that we're asking Rashi is really also a question on the source of Rashi, which is Kodeshim. Why over here do we need a Pasuk? One other time that Rashi discusses this is later in our Parsha, where it's in the middle of the curses. And over there also we use this expression of um, of Panai, that Hashem says that I'm going to turn to you. It says, uh, this is exact Lashon, um, sorry, this is in Pasuk Yudzayin, I will focus uh, my, my, my attention on you, and I will make you uh, be afflicted in front of your enemies. So over there, Rashi actually gives two interpretations. Rashi tells us, what does this mean? He gives the same interpretation he's, he gave in Akhir Mersin Kedeshim. First of all, he says, Panaishali, my attention. I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs to do evil to you. So he gives the same shot as Akhir Mersin Kedeshim. Um, and also doesn't give a mashal over there. So it's only one time Rashi gives a mashal. Only by the, the blessings. Over here, he doesn't give a mashal. Also, a small difference that we can see is the first two times Rashi quotes this idea in Akhir Mason Kodeshin, he says, I'm going to turn away from all my affairs and, and Isaac boy, I'm going to deal with him. Over here, Rashi changes it. Everything else is exactly the same. He just changes the word from Isaac uh, boy to the word Lahara uh, to, do, to do evil to you. So that's really also another question. Why does Rashi change that one word? Twice he quotes this idea, keeps it the same. The third time he quotes it, it's almost the same. Just with one small change. What's the reasoning for the change of words? Later on in this Rashi, Rashi tells us that there's also a Torah's Kainim that explains Agadah's Torah's Kainim Pashazu. There's an Agadah of Torah's Kainim on this Parsha, meaning the Parsha of the Klawless. And then in that interpretation from the Agadah, which Agadah means it's not Shute Shamikra as the first interpretation. This is an interpretation based on Agadah. Rashi again quotes this idea, Nasatai Pani Bachan. And he says like this, as we said for the good earlier on in Pasuk Tess, that I'm going to turn away from my, my duties and focus on giving you your schar. Similarly, it says by the bad, I will give my attention. There's a mashal of this idea. There's a mashal of the king that turns to his servants and he says, I'm going to turn away from all of my uh, affairs, and I'm going to deal with you for the bad. So over here, when it's an Agada, Rashi does bring a Medrash. 
which is interesting. Why over here does he need to bring that medrash? Um, so we're seeing is that three places, no medrash is brought. Three of those uh, places are Pshutei Shemikra. The fourth place, which is also Pshutei Shemikra, is at the beginning of our parsha. Rashi doesn't say it's a medrash. So, I mean, he quotes it to medrash, but it's only as ideas. Bechulu, look at the Torah's kind to get the rest of the details, but he's learning it as Pshutei Shemikra. He does, he does give a mashal, but over here, when he explains Pshutei Shemikra, he doesn't give a mashal, but when he says it, I'll be the medrash, he does give the mashal. And also another question is, it seems like both of these interpretations about the clothes are the same. What's the difference between the Pshutei Shemikra, it says, I'm going to turn away from all my affairs to do bad to you, or the, the, the Torah's kind shot, where he says, it's just like the good, where Hashem says, I'm going to turn away from all my affairs to do good to you. Over here, I'm going to turn away to do bad to you. It seems exactly the same thing. What exactly is the difference over there? Besides for bringing in a mashal, it doesn't seem to be any difference in the interpretation. So that's very difficult to understand what, what's going on over there. Okay, so let's focus uh, on these Rashis. There are additional questions. Um, you know, one, 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 one more additional question, just to maybe open it up a bit, is that the mashal that's brought... It's brought a mushal of a melech that says to his workers, why is it a king with workers? Like, a king with servants makes sense. But workers, anybody can have workers. It should have just said a mushal of a person and his workers, that uh, he had many workers and he has one that's very dedicated and he pays him extra or he has to make a special focus on that worker. Why are we saying that it's a king? And even though it's true that in the nimshal, the Melech is referring to Hashem. So you can say, you know, since the Nimshal is a king, also in the Mashal brings this idea of a king. But we see many other times in the Torah's Kainim and the Medrash that when it brings a Mashal and it's talking about Hashem, it doesn't say a king. It says a person. It really has to do with the context. If it's relevant that it's a king, it'll bring the idea of a king. If it's not relevant to a king, it'll just say a person or some other type of title. But over here we're saying specifically it's a king. And it's also talking about workers. Usually it would say a king with the servants. The Haraya, as we brought the Mashal by the clawless, it also it actually does bring an idea of a king who tells his servants that he's going to do evil to them. So why over here in our Rashi, which is our main focus of this year, Pasuk test, does it bring specifically Mashal a king and not just any person? And it's hiring workers. It could have been a king with uh, uh, servants. So that seems to be very important. Okay, so let's go back to the original question. So the main question is, why over here does Rashi give a mashal? Well, in Parshas Achimois, in Kedoshim, it does not give a mashal. So the idea is, is that in Parshas Achimois, in Kedoshim, there's a different issue that Rashi's trying to deal with, and also the Torah's Kainim is trying to deal with, than in our Parsha. It's two different issues over here. The issue in Parshas Achimois, in Kedoshim, is the word panai. That it says, I'm going to nasate panai, I'm going to place my face, or etanes panai. What does that word panai mean? So Papashtas, and this is how the Gurarye and the, uh, the, the Mizrahi explain it, Papashtas, the idea of a Pnei means that Hashem is going to focus, focus his attention. He's going to place his face. He's going to like, you know, focus on you. He's going to turn his face to you. But they point out that whenever uh, Panai, Panav, is used in the Torah regarding Hashem, it's always used in a positive sense, like Yar Hashem Panav Alacha, that Hashem will shine his countenance. He'll shine his face on you. The idea is that when Hashem reveals his face, that brings blessings. Masha'enkin, when Hashem is angry and he wants, there's going to be punishment, that's always talking about the idea of haster asteros panai, Hashem's hiding his face. So why would it use by the idea of a punishment, that nasati panai, I'm going to, put, to turn my face towards you, turning the, of the face of Hashem to the Jewish people is always something which is a positive idea. Hashem turning his face is giving us something which is good. 
hiding the face is that's the expression that's being used that when Hashem is hidden that's when we uh, get the punishments so therefore Rashi explains based on and also the Torah's Kainim that the idea of Penei Nasati Yaspani does not mean the face rather it means the idea of the attention right that I'm going to focus my attention on you I'm going to turn away from my other face to focus on you meaning is we're not talking about Taka the face of Hashem because when Hashem's face is revealed when the Gilea Shrina the Shrina basically Panai Maybe in our terms would be the idea of the Shekhinah. When the Shekhinah is revealed, it's always just goodness and blessing which is coming to us. Rather, what we're saying over here is that Hashem's face taka is hidden because it's the idea of a curse. It's, it's, it's the idea of a punishment. When we're talking about the Pnei, it means actually his interest, that Hashem's going to be focusing his interest and his, uh, on you, even though his face itself uh, could be hidden. Um, so that's what the issue over there is. Why does it use the word Pnei? Pnei l'chayur doesn't make sense. Pnei is always a positive idea. Hashem's revealing his face. That's the idea of a revelation of the Shekhinah. Therefore, Rashi tells us it does not mean a revelation of the Shekhinah. Rather, it means the idea of turning his focus uh, towards, uh, towards us. And that could be, unfortunately, in that case, would be in a negative uh, type of way. Um, the Gur Aryeh over there it explains it almost the same way as the Mizrahi, but he just has a little bit of a different uh, angle, but it's very similar. Um, he wants to say is that, and I think this is his, his I'll, I'll give a little bit of my own thoughts of how I'm going to explain him. He wants to say that the word Pnei means literally the face of Hashem, right? Because that's, I think, the most literal interpretation, at least that's how the Gerari understands it. Pnei means Hashem. But he has the same issue uh, as Mizrahi, that Pnei, the face of Hashem is always used in a positive sense. Hashem's turning his face means he's revealing a Shekhinah. So therefore he says that Rashi's trying to tell us that when it says that Hashem's turning his face, it doesn't mean in a positive way that Hashem's revealing his face to us. Rather, it's the idea of when a person has his face in one direction, that means that's what he's focusing on. And then when he turns it away from that and, and, and turns it to something else, that means he's focusing on another uh, objective. So True, many places in the Torah, he's saying Pene would mean a revelation. But Rashi's trying to say that over here, it's not the idea of Hashem turning his face per se. It's that, that concept of revealing his face. Rather, Pene over here means, is another way of saying, focusing his attention on something else. So when you say Pene, the face is usually focused on something. And over here, it's being focused on, on something else. So it's very similar. The, the essential concept is the same as the Reim, as the Mizrahi, that it's the idea of changing the attention. Uh, but he, but he has the mindset that he's able to keep the word "pnei" as the face, and he's saying is that over here the, fa- the idea of the face is the idea of, of where you're focusing your attention. Yeah, he's turning away from those other things to focus it o- o- over here. And the mindset of the Guru Aryeh uh, is that he's able to keep the word "pnei" even more literal; that it can literally mean face. Uh, but the Rebbe does not like that interpretation in Rashi. He says it could work in the Tars Kainim, but he says that would definitely not work in Rashi because Rashi adds the words "panai shali poidani mikolasakai That Rashi says he translates the words. He says "panai nasati panai," and he says "panai shali my attention." And then he explains the concept. What does it mean? My attention. My attention means that I'm turning away from my other affairs to focus on him. So Rashi is clearly adding the words "panai shali." The Tars Kainim doesn't have the words "panai shali." The Tars Kainim actually just says "poidani mikolasakai." So the Gura'ariya could be explained, would work in the Torah's Kainim, but this that Rashi clearly says, Panaishali, he's translating the word, so the Gura'ariya would not work. And um, uh, so, 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 so I guess that, so that, that means, according to Rashi, he, he's not satisfied with the uh, interpretation of the uh, Gura'ariya. He would prefer the Milo, the Milo of the Mizrahi is that he's able to keep this idea that Panay, the, the face is always used in a positive sense by Hashem, revealing of the face, revealing of the Shekhinah, 
And therefore, over here, the word pnei does not come from the word pnei, but rather for face, but rather would come from the idea of a pnea, like an interest. Right? So pnei could be the shirish of the word face, it could also be the shirish of the word interest, pneis, interest. It could also come from a third thing, which means poina, which means to turn, which we'll get to soon. But either way, that's that's how that was the issue over there in Pashas after Mason Kedoshim. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there is another interpretation of the word pene that Rashi is coming to uh, to bavar, right? So we're saying Rashi comes to say it doesn't mean literally face, but there's another one that the Targum says. The Targum says it means the idea of anger, like we find um, sometimes the word panav could be used in a, in a face in a way of anger, like we see by Asaph and Yaakov that Yaakov says he's going to send a gift to Asaph, his brother, because ulei achpera panav, that perhaps I will appease or I will cleanse his anger or remove his anger uh, from from me. Right, so achbarapana means removal of anger. That's how Rashi translates it in Parshas Vayishlach. Uh, the Mizrahi asks, actually asks, why doesn't that's the Targum's shot in Parshas Achmeisim Kedeshim? And the, uh, the Mizrahi asks, why doesn't Rashi satisfied with it, that interpretation? And he actually doesn't give an answer for it. But the Rebbe says it's possible um, that it's because the only time again, Pnei doesn't it, the literal pshat is not anger. Pnei means either face or can mean pneis but it doesn't have a connection to the idea of anger. It's just that anger is seen on a person's face. That's why, uh, you know, sometimes in the Torah it could be used as like, a, as I guess, a bar term, that since anger is seen on the face, sometimes anger could be referred to like appeasing the person's face. He says, possibly, he says, over there in Parshish Vishlach, he says, it's mochach that shot because it says the word achpara. Since it says achpara, which means the idea of removal or cleansing, uh, rinsing, appeasing, so therefore, it doesn't make sense to say he's cleaning Asaph's face, or he's uh, he's appeasing his face. Rather, it means is he's remo- appeasing the anger or removing the anger. So therefore, you have to say uh, that that it cannot mean pun of literally. Uh, it has to mean this idea of something which is on the face. You're cleansing the face of something. So that would be uh, the idea of anger. There's no reason to have to explain it that way. Uh, then you, therefore, you can translate the word much more kapshutai. That would mean over there the idea of pneus, idea of, of interest or attention. But the Rebbe does point out, this is the R11, that Lahayrim, Pirish Rashi, and Nasai, Perik Vav, Pasuk Havav. Over there, it's talking about the Birchus Kainim. And the second blessing over there is Yisha Hashem Panavalacha, um, third blessing, that and Rashi says, the idea of Yisha Hashem Panav is, is the idea of Hashem will, uh, will, will be clean, or Yisha, he will remove his Panam Zayafais, his angry face. So we do see that one t- Rashi does have second place in the Torah where he does use the idea of panav um, as the idea of anger. And it says anger, uh, again, it doesn't mean the idea of face because Hashem, the idea of the face is always used in a positive sense. So over there, Rashi does translate it as the idea of anger. But probably, again, the Rebbe doesn't explain it, but just I, I think this is what the Rebbe is trying to say is because, again, over there, you have, don't have any other options what to explain it. It cannot mean his, his attention. Because I think, because the prior Pasuk talks about Hashem giving you attention. Yar Hashem Panavalacha. Hashem is revealing himself to you. So Hashem's Panav is already revealed. Therefore, the idea of Yisa Hashem, Yisa is the idea of forgiveness, which we find many times in the Torah. So forgiveness of his attention, forgiveness of his face. Rather, it would be um, Yisa Hashem Panavalacha would be the idea of, of, of bringing uh, forgiveness. And what I said before that, idea of pun over there in, in, in a negative sense that doesn't make sense because it's positive i'm sorry it's a, it's a blessing but the idea would be still i think since we already had yar hashem we already have this idea of hashem revealing himself therefore 
over here, the next plus, it can't be saying the same thing. Therefore, we have to use the idea of Yisa, not as raising his face to and, and focusing it on us. Rather, it's the idea of Yisa, as the idea of raising up and, and cleansing something, removal of, of anger from the face. Uh, anyway, that's possibly what it's saying over there, but still the same idea. Uh, in Pasha's Achimais and Kedoshim, there's no reason to explain his anger, therefore he doesn't do it. The other also points out that in Tehillim, Kapitol Lamadalat, Pasuk Yudzayin, the Pasuk says, Pnei Hashem Ba'isirab, that the Pnei Hashem is set against those who do evil, Lahakris Meir Tzichram, to erase their names from the earth. And Rashi over there explains what does it mean the Pnei Hashem. He says, Panim shows Azam, his angry face. Like it says in Vayikra, Perakhot Pasuk and I will direct my face against that person. That's how Menachem associates it. So that Pasuk that Rashi brings, is a Pasuk in Chumash, and it's a Pasuk regarding Moilech. It's actually two Pesukim later than the one that we mentioned. We mentioned um, from Moilech, Per Chav Pasuk Gimel, and two Pesukim later, it says, Ben Samti Es Panay, by Yishahu. Um, so he's saying, what does that mean? Samti Panay means that I'm placing my angry face at this person. So, Ibezoi, this actually seems to contradict what the Gurari and the Reim are saying. Gurari and the Reim are saying is that the reason why Rashi wants to translate the word Pnei, uh, not literal as the face of Hashem, is because the, whenever it uses the idea of Pnei Hashem, it's always used in a positive sense in the Torah, like Yar Hashem Panavalacha But over here we're seeing that Rashi himself says in Tehillim, he says that when it says Sante Aspanavi Ishahu, it means Aponim Shalzalim, a face of anger. So we see Rashi does sometimes translate a Pasuk in the Torah with the idea of a, 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 a face of Hashem, which is actually expressing uh, expressing anger. Um, but the Rebbe points out that, uh, first of all, he points out that this is brought to Pesukim later. Uh, it's brought to Pesukim later. It's not the same Pasuk that they brought, uh, but that doesn't really answer the question. And he also says that the style of Rashi on Tanakh is not with the same level of Diuk as the style of Rashi, which is on the Torah itself. Uh, and he says, meaning is that Rashi explains much more on the Chumash uh, than he will on, on Nach. So if in Nach he wants to say means a face of anger, that's how it would be translated uh, based on his style of interpretation in, in Nach, which is much more a higher level of Jewish, not, a, not the same level of Pshat that we would have on, on the Chumash. Um, so therefore, even though he quotes a Pasuk in Chumash, but it could be that the style of Rashi on Chumash, he would not have translated it that way. The Samte Espanai Pashas, he would explain the same way. It means, I will focus my attention just like I meant to Pesukim earlier. Um, so therefore, that possibly could be somewhat of an explanation about, to answer the Gurari and the Reim, what, what, uh, what Rashi's trying to say in Akram Exegulation, why he's not satisfied with translating Pnei Kipshutai, and also why he's not happy with translating it as the idea of anger. The reason why Rashi has to say this comment, both in Parshas Achrei Mais regarding blood and Parshkudeshin regarding the Vaidazar of Mailach, is, you know, once you say it once, shouldn't it work for the both times? The explanation is because in Parshas Achrei Mais, it's talking about something that Hashem is involved in. He says Hashem was involved with the idea of the Karbanis, the Reich Machayach, and the pleasant smell that it brings to Hashem. Therefore, what it says with Santi Panai, it fits with the context that Panay would hear mean attention, meaning is until now he was focusing his attention on, uh, you know, the Karbanis. And now he's going to focus his attention because of this person that ate the blood. He's going to focus the attention on this individual that ate the blood. Uh, 
it wasn't focused, it wasn't in the context of that parsha, it wasn't talking about Hashem focusing on anything. It was just talking about different Avedazars that you're not allowed to do. So therefore, in that area, maybe I, I would think that when it says Panai, I wouldn't be able to explain it as attention. I would have to translate it either as, uh, I guess, Panay, meaning the face of Hashem, and, and have that issue that it's usually not the way how the Torah, uh, Panay is usually only meant in a positive sense, and you have to say this is an exception. Or you would have to say that Panay over there means the idea of anger, uh, that uh, he's going to place his anger on that person. That's what I might have thought. Therefore, Rashi comes to tell us that, no, 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 over, also over here, it comes from the same idea that Panay means the idea of Panias, comes to the idea of attention. So also in Parshish Kedoshim, Rashi tells us again that it comes to that uh, reasoning, and, and probably for the same reasons why in Parshish Akhrei Moisi said uh, Panay means Panias, and he wasn't satisfied with the Targum's Pshat, or the idea of literal, the idea of Panav. Um, probably that would be the same explanation why in Parshish he wasn't satisfied. So the next thing that we need to discuss is, Oh, and then that explains why there's no mashal. Because again, there's there's nothing, he's not really having any, the issue is really just the translation of the word. You don't need to bring a mashal to explain what a translation of the word is. So that's why, of course, there's no purpose of a mashal. But when we're getting to now Parshas Buchu Kaisai, the, the, there's, there's two issues that we have in this Parsha. The first issue is dealt with by the, before Shema Matar's Kainim, not by Rashi. First issue is that since it says in our parsha that Hashem is turning away from all of his uh, all of his other duties and he focuses on this person to give him schar, the shaila is isn't one of the duties that Hashem does is to give schar. So what does it mean he's turning away? That's what Hashem does. He gives schar, especially in this week's parsha. The first few psukim of the parsha are talking all talking about Hashem giving brachas to the yidin. So what does it mean he's turning away from his other duties to give schar to the Eden? That's one of the things that he always does. So, Bemela in Parshas Achrimais and Kedoshim, this that Hashem's turning away makes sense. Why? Because in Parshas Achrimais and Kedoshim, we're saying Hashem's going to turn away from his general um, the attention that he gives to the congregation, to the tzibur, to the whole world in general, and he's going to put all that attention on this one individual. So that's a big chiddush. And it's clear what the chiddush is. Instead of focusing on everybody, or you're being part of the kalal, like the reward and punishment that's for the whole world, and you're part of that, here it's a specific focus on this individual. That's the pshad and achorei But over here, in Parshas Buchu Kaisai, we're talking about the Jewish people in general. So the Jewish people in general would, should be part of the day-to-day type tasks that Hashem always gives attention to. So what does it mean that Hashem's turning away from his tasks to give us a reward? Isn't that what he's always giving us? So the explanation is answered by this medrash. That's why the Tarskanim brings the medrash. The medrash is telling us that there's two types of workers. Meaning is, the medrash is adding this concept that what is Hashem turning away from? He's turning away from giving a regular type of reward to very special reward. That's what he's adding, that, that turning away from one type of reward to the very special reward. And that's what the Mashal is telling us, that there's the regular award that's giving to the, the other workers that do a little bit of work. But when it comes to the Jewish people that uh, have a much more intense type of uh, avoida, therefore their schar is also a much more intense type. And as the Meforshim explained, that when the Medra says that I'm going to, in the future, I'm going to give you a cheshben, it's actually talking about loss of loving. 
So the type of schar that we're getting is also different. It's not just, it's much more quantitatively, but also qualitatively, it's going to be a ruchmiyistik schar in Olam Haba, as opposed to the other individuals that are getting schar in Olam uh, Haza. And this would explain also why it's specifically with a king. Uh, because a king is someone who has a lot of workers, you know, very rich. He has a lot of workers. So we're saying even a king that has a lot of workers, you see this type of uh, these differences. Okay, but this that that's one uh, issue in the parsha. But Rashi is not coming to deal with that, uh, and the proof is because Rashi doesn't mention anything about poyalim harvi. All Rashi says is it's a mashal amelch If the main point that Rashi is trying to deal with is the idea that many workers as opposed to a one worker that has significance, he should have at least mentioned the idea of and then we could understand that, okay, there's different types of awards for different people. That would be the main part of the answer. But Rashi doesn't quote that at all. So we always know the rule that when Rashi quotes only certain words, it's because those are the words that uh, really have within it uh, the interpretation. Uh, and, and furthermore, this also wouldn't explain why later on in the Parsha, Rashi has to, uh, why Rashi, and later on in Parshat Bukhukaisa, when it talks about the Klawless, again Rashi explains uh, wh- what the Pasik means. And when it says over there, in Sati Panna, I'm going to put my uh, focus on, on the individual that's, uh, or the Jewish people that are doing the wrong things and give them curses, Rashi explain, again explains what that means. Why does Rashi need to explain it a second time of our Parsha? Once he explained it once, that there's this idea of special award and regular award, it's the same thing by punishment that we understand that there's the regular punishment and then there's going to be the special type of punishment um, for people who are doing things which are really bad. So Ibezoi, it doesn't explain why Rashi would have to repeat it a second time. So there must be something else that's going on over here. So the explanation is that Rashi has a different issue. The issue that Rashi is trying to deal with is that the idea of Ufenisi Aleichem is that Hashem's turning to us to give special attention, to give the reward, or later on in the punishment. But the question would be, why is it only mentioned in the middle of the brachas? It makes the most sense to be mentioned either at the beginning, before Hashem starts specifying the brachas. Hashem says, I'm going to turn away from everything else and then give you a reward, and then start mentioning rewards. Or after Hashem tells us all the brachas, then He says at the end, I'm going to turn away to do all these brachas that I just mentioned. But what happens, Hashem mentions a, a bunch of rewards in the first few of the Parsha. Parsha test, Pasuk test, he mentions specifically this idea of turning Phoenicia Aleichem. And then he continues on with a bunch more brachas. Why in the middle of the Parsha? That, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why Phoenicia Aleichem right in the middle? So that's what's bothering Rashi. And therefore, we might have thought that Phoenicia Aleichem Maybe it doesn't mean to turn. Maybe it has some other type of interpretation. So Rashi tells us, Elecha means to turn. And I, why would Hashem be turning to us in the middle of the brachas? Wouldn't that be at the beginning? Or at the beginning? So the explanation, Rashi gives us, he gives the mashal. And the words that he quotes is a mashal uh, of, of, of a melech shesoycher parim. So when you think about it, a king that hires workers, that doesn't really make so much sense. Why would a king have to hire workers? We know what the Rambam passings. In Hilchos Malach and Perik Dalit, he tells us that a king is allowed to take workers, he's allowed to make any taxes that he needs for the sake of the country. So if the king needs to hire work, have workers to do whatever it is, and it's for the sake of the kingdom, uh, that he, that he doesn't have to actually pay them. So this seems very weird. Why would a king hire workers? So that's Rashi's trying to tell us that a king hiring workers must be that he's hiring them to do something that they aren't obligated to do 
of the country. It's something additional. So the king's hiring workers for them to do something extra. So then, based on this, that's really the, the explanation. That in our parsha, there's two types of rewards being given. In the first few psukim of the parsha, it's talking about, even for the Jewish people, there's a reward that they're getting for doing Torah mitzvahs. So doing Torah mitzvahs, you get rewards. And the truth is, even those rewards are something which are miraculous. But then in Pasuk Tess, it tells us that there's a second level of reward that we're going to be getting. So Pasuk Tess and onwards is telling us about a much greater type of reward that we're going to be getting for doing a greater level of Torah mitzvahs. And what is this referring to? This is referring to when it says at the beginning of the parasha, and Rashi tells us, what does it mean? This is the idea of being a melem b'tayr, working and delving uh, and, and toiling in, in the idea of Taira. Mitzvah Yisai Tishmar says that you're, you're learning Taira uh, in a way of a melos in order to, um, to fulfill the, the Taira Mitzvah. So what we're seeing in this parsha is that there's also this idea of a melos. So there's, of course, the regular fulfillment of Taira Mitzvah, but then there's also this added idea of a melos. So Hashem is saying in Pasuk Tess that for the first few psukim, that's for the regular Taira Mitzvah. But when we're getting to the reward for Amelus, which is doing more than what you need to do, Hashem reciprocates. And also he does much more. Therefore, he has to turn away from what he was doing before. Because what he's doing before is just the, you know, you, you do what you need to do and Hashem does what he needs to do. You do the Tire Mitzvah, Hashem not, gives the rain in its proper time. But when you're doing more than what you need to do, Hashem also does, needs, uh, does more than he needs to do. And that's the idea of the... Um, so based on this, we could also understand why the, the rest of the Pasuk, it says that Hashem will turn to us, and then it says, Rashi translates that means a lot of kids, and Herbesi means with a dignified stature. So the Mepharshim all ask, other times in the Torah when Rashi translates the words, uh, especially in Bereshus, when Hashem is um, telling, I think, I think it was the, uh, telling the different animals, I think it was the birds specifically, about the idea, he commands them to do Puru So Rashi tells us Puru means one gives birth to one. Ruru means one, uh, you know, I guess one uh, could give birth to many. So Puru is always one, one, one parent or one couple giving birth to one child. Ruru is one uh, couple giving birth to many children. So the question is, why over here does Rashi change and say Hephraisi means Puravu? Rebasi means something totally different. It means this erect and dignified posture. So the Mephorshim want to say it's because it says Hephraisi Aschem, Hephraisi Aschem. It splits it into two. Why is it splitting into two? It must be it's two totally different things. The Rebbe is not satisfied with that because we find this expression other times in the Torah, by, for example, by the by the B'nai Yishmal, they also got this uh, blessing to I'll make him fruitful and I'll, I'll multiply him. Rashi doesn't actually tell us that it means something else. He doesn't say that Herbesi means you'll have the Kumas Kupa. So therefore, Bapashtus, what's the Pshad in that Pasik? That he'll have many kids. So just by splitting in the tattoo, that's not a, a, a Raya that it means that it means two totally different types of Brachas. But based on what we've been explaining until now, it actually makes sense what Rashi's doing. Since we're talking about types of blessings, which are much more than even Lamaila from Lamaila Minhatava, it's a totally different level of brachas that Hashem is giving us in Pasik Tas. 
Therefore, these brachas need to be something which is completely lemaila menetava. So just having kids is not something which is lemaila menetava. Even going are able to have kids. Had one, uh, one couple having one kid or one couple having many kids. This is even something that B'nai Shmuel had. It wouldn't be something special by the Eden. Therefore, Rashi tells us that within Rephrasi means Piruivia, meaning is, as the Rabbi explains, interesting idea, that within the Piruia, within having children, it's in a way of Hirbasi, you're going to have many children. Within the Piruia, it's not just a regular having children, it's a Piruia which will give you Hirbasi, meaning that we have the guarantee that the children that you have, they themselves will also be able to have children. Usually you can have a child, but we don't know if that child will also have children. Maybe you can have different medical issues. But the bracha that Hashem is giving is that there will be a guarantee that the, the children that you have will be able to make a, a, multi, a multiplicity. Because your kids will have kids and their kids will also have kids and therefore it will be a lot. Just like it says by Yitzchak. It says they're going to give etan es Yitzchak arba zaracha ve'etan lo es Yitzchak. That he's, Hashem said he's going to give you a lot of children and he gave Yitzchak. What's the shot? Is it one kid or is it arba? The fourth is because Hashem was guaranteeing him that Yitzchak would, would be able to have kids and have many, many kids in the future. So this is the, 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 the bracha over here that even the kids that are being born, they themselves would be able to for sure have kids. And since that's already included in the idea of Ephrasi, so what does Hirbasi come to do? That's coming to tell us something qualitative, that we all have this, uh, this, this respectable posture, meaning is that in addition to the idea that uh, the bracha that Yitzchok gave Yaakov, that Rav Yavid that when Yidin are doing what Hashem wants, the older one, Esav, will serve the younger one, which is Yaakov, but it still could be in a way that Yaakov's the younger one. So this bracha is that not only will it just be the older one serving the younger one, but the younger one himself will become the greater one, will become even physically and definitely, uh, spiritually and I guess emotionally, will become the rab, will become the one who is greater. So the skuma skufa is the, idea of the, is the upright posture, is the idea of the honor and the respect and the dignity that the sari will have. He will be, become, he will be transformed to become he who is really uh, the bukhar. Based on this, we can now go to the last Rashi, which is the Rashi in the end of Chukaisai, where it talks about the curses. Um, I shouldn't say at the end, just later on in Parshas Chukaisai. So over there, Rashi again gives a beer. What's the problem over there? The issue is, again, the same, the same idea of Ufenisia Lechna, I'm going to turn, uh, turning, turning towards the Jewish people. But the question is, why is that again in the middle of the curses? Uh, we know there's different sets of seven. Here it's in the middle of a set of seven. All of a sudden, in the middle of the set of seven, Hashem says, I'm going to turn to you, uh, and it's going to be to move away from all my affairs to focus on you. Why? Why isn't that the beginning of the end? So therefore, Rashi has to tell us that what the Pshad is, it means it's going to be on a greater level of, 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 uh, of punishment, that Hashem's turning away from everything else and focusing on you. But the problem is, is that over here specifically, we're going to see that there's many more punishments that are going to be given in the future. So it's very hard to say that in this middle of this set of punishments, there's this idea of Hashem turning away from everything else to focus specifically on the Yidin to give them punishment, when later on there's going to be even worse punishments and worse punishments. So within this seven, it, this is the greatest level of punishment, but, but, then, but it keeps on saying, Yasafti. Uh, gonna, Hashem's going to keep on adding and adding more. There's going to be many more groups of seven. Therefore, it's, a, it's somewhat hard to say that this would be on the same level of punishment as earlier. So therefore, uh, Rashi doesn't, over here does not bring the mushal of a kink. 
The reason why it doesn't mean the marshals is because the marshals is expressing this idea how it's a, 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 complete, a complete focusing of Hashem on the, on, on the Jewish people. Rashi doesn't bring that marshal because he wants to show is that the Phoenicia over here is not the idea that he's having a complete focus, but it's rather the main idea is that it's turning away from the other things that he was doing. Meaning that there's two ideas of, of, of turning and focusing on the Jewish people. One way of it is it just means that he's turning away from he was doing other things, and now he's going to be focusing on you. But then there could be a pshat that he's he's turning towards you um, to give a much greater type of a reward. Meaning, by us, Hashem already was giving reward to the to the Umas. That's why reward. Hashem already was giving reward. So what does it mean he's turning to? It means he's he's turning away from this first level of reward, and he's going to a much a second greater level of reward. So Masha'inkin and Pashas Achre or Kadeshim or even here, according to this Shad and Rashi, it's not the Vort that he's giving you a much uh, a greater, a, a totally different gather of punishment. All it means is, is that within that same category, that Hashem, within the category of giving punishments, he's going to be focusing more on you than he was before. So it's not going to be a totally new category of punishment. But rather what it means is that he's going to be taking the focus that he had on multiple things and it's going to be turned to focus on the Jewish people themselves. So that would be the difference if, if the mashal is there or not. But therefore Rashi also brings, in that second parish, he also brings as a second parish, which he says the Agada, meaning it's not Pshutei Shemekra, he also brings that mashal saying that it's exactly the same how it was, he also says the Lara. Meaning is that there is this, the Medrashic Pshat is that it's actually exactly the same. Just like by Tayyip, it means this, complete turning for the sake of giving a totally different type of award. So also over here, it's a, a turning to give a totally different type of, uh, of punishment. By that, he says, is the Medrash shot. And the reason why it's Medrash, not Pshutish is because as we're going to see, there's many more curses that are going to keep on coming, which are even worse than the ones that we have now. So it's hard to say that this is the, uh, this, this level of Phoenicia, totally different getter of punishment. But according to the Pshutish Rashi just says, it means turning. Meaning is that within this level of, uh, you know, level one, let's say, of punishment, it's, 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 it's going to be put, putting more of that focus. So it's more of a, a quantitative uh, shift, that there's going to be more of this quantitative shift to focus on, on the punishing the Jewish people as opposed, I guess, to giving them a reward. It's going to be focused more on giving them punishment, but it's all within that same gather of the punishment they had before, just more quantitatively. Hashem's focusing on that more. But it's not a shift. In, in level of punishment. It's not going to be like the, like the second shot that Rashi's in, which is the Medrash, that there's going to be a total shift. It's not going to be level one of punishment. It's going to be a totally qualitatively Lamaila uh, Minateva type of punishment. And the reason why, why, why um, over here Hashem would turn, what happened in this seven, uh, with, the, with these sins that will cause Hashem to focus more on the Jewish people than any of the other ones that we've mentioned, at least until this point, is because it says at the beginning of these seven sins, that that if you become disgusted and repulsed by my mitzvahs and my mishpatim and my chukim, then these punishments will happen. Meaning is that since it's not just that you're not doing what Hashem wants, you're repulsed by the mitzvahs, you're, you're disgusted by the mitzvahs. So this is a deeper level of, of what you're doing wrong. So also the punishment that you're going to get is not just going to be the regular punishment, but Hashem's going to give a greater level of focus. And again, we said to Purshan, the Pshut just means more quantitatively, but the Alpida Medrash, it actually means 
even uh, e even a totally different gather. The Rebbe doesn't explain why we need the why Rashi is not satisfied with the Pshutah Shemikra and also gives the Medrash, but just Bapashtas, uh, probably why, is because it's, it needs to be some type of parallel to how it was Latoy. So just like by Latoy, when we're seeing that we're, if we're doing, where we have this Amelus Latoy, we're doing more than what we need to do. Hashem is going to be doing more than what He needs to do Latoy. So also by the punishment, if we're going to have this Kukosi Timasu, therefore it makes sense that if you're doing, your sin is much worse than just sinning. It's also with this, with this emotional disgust Therefore, it makes sense that the punishment should also be uh, much greater. Uh, but the problem with the medrash, as we know, as we mentioned already before, is that we're going to have many more punishments, which were even worse than the one mentioned here. Therefore, it's hard to say that at this point of time, Hashem's turning to a second level. Therefore, according to Pshut HaShemikra, which is the main shot, it's not turning to a whole new level of, of punishment. It's rather that within this type of punishment, Hashem's going to be putting more of that energy uh, quantitatively into, this, uh, in, in, into the suffering uh, that's going to happen. And, and based on this, we could just uh, understand that maybe another diuk or two in the differences of, of Rashi. As we mentioned earlier at the beginning of this year, Achrei Moisim Kedoshim, the Rashis are exactly the same. And in Bukhkaisai, the, 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 the second Rashi by the curses uh, is also almost the same. The only difference is he changes the word Laharalacha. Instead of saying Va'oisvichem, that I'm going to turn away from all my affairs and Oisikboy, he says Laharalacha. Why, why the change? So the idea is, is because in Parshish B'chul Kaisai, Hashem already is dealing with the Jewish people. He's giving them punishments. So I can't say that I'm going to turn away from what I was doing before, and I'm going to give you this punishment. Hashem already was giving them punishments. Therefore, he says, I'm going to be turning away from my other affairs. The Haralecha means, is I'm turning away from, I was already focusing on you, but now I'm going to focus on you exclusively just to do the Ra. That all the other good stuff that you used to have, I guess, with the punishment, you might still have some good, now it's just going to be focused just for the Ra. Hashem wasn't dealing with the Jewish people at that time. He was either dealing with Karbanes or which doesn't really discuss what Hashem was dealing with at all. Therefore, it says, I'm turning away from what I was dealing with, you know, as the Tzibur, whatever he was working with for the Tzibur, and he's focusing specifically on the Jewish people. Um, and another dik is based on this idea that there's two types of turning. There's the quantitative turning and the qualitative turning. Parshas Achamayi Sinkhtation is talking about the quantitative one. That meaning Hashem has a lot of things that he works with, giving reward, punishments, other things, and then he's just going to focus on giving the punishment, but just the same type of punishment, but now it's all that he's focusing on, so there's no good stuff happening at the same time. So based on that, we can understand why Rashi, in Parshas Kaisai, regarding the blessings, in his Divra Maschal, he quotes, word, uh, he quotes the idea of he also mentions the words to you because the idea is Hashem already was um, giving reward and punishment so the idea of is, is not that Hashem is turning away from what he was doing and, and, and you know from whatever he was doing and giving us reward he already was giving reward rather the idea is he's turning to you that it's a turning from the regular type of reward that's giving to the Umas a regular type of reward even for us when we're doing a regular type of avayda, to finisi alech, I'm going to turn to you for the sake of turning to you, meaning to give you a much greater reward. And even later, when it talks about the blacha, Rashi doesn't quote uh, the word alechem or, or uh, benefesh or ishahu, doesn't quote that part, because the point is not that Hashem, that Hashem is turning to this person specifically, in a sense, to give a much 
a, a totally different gather of punishment or reward. Rather, the idea is that Hashem is just turning away from the other things that he's doing. He's turning away from the other things that he's doing, and he's oisik boy, and he's getting involved with individual. So he's just translating the word finisi means to turn, turning away from some things that he's doing, to other things which he's doing, or in this case, one thing that he's going to be doing. But it's not specifically at the person relative to other people. That's turning to you relative to what it was before. It's, the main idea is what Hashem is doing. At the beginning of Hashem, already is working with the world. So the idea of Phoenici is, he's turning to you, meaning he's turning to you specifically to give you a much greater reward, to change and reach a higher level of reward than he was doing earlier.